are listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. Everybody, okay. Jesus Christ, Marty! <laughs> I was gonna start beatboxing and, and humming the theme song. Oh my but... god, he was just giving some. Shut up, Marty! Just shut up. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of For the Lore, coming to you on March nineteenth. This week, I, of course, am Vince, accompanied by Marty and Joe. Roger is not present this week. He is currently celebrating a birthday with his family. So best of wishes to your son, Raj, and we'll see you next week. And for everybody listening at home, if you notice anything going wrong with this episode, it's Marty's fault. Yep, 100%. Yeah, uh, for instance, it's already saying lost connection to server. (laughs) I just noticed (laughs) My my squiggly lines did not stop. I'm just saying. Mine didn't either, but... Whatever. I'll take a fall for you. I'll take it. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, so we're uh we're doing some some stuff this week without Raj and hoping it works. So if you're hearing this, guess what? It worked. If not, well <laughs> Well, you don't know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this week we have some very exciting things to talk about. If you recall, last week I uh, introduced you all to a new narrative adventure game known as The Council. It came out last week. I immediately picked it up, downloaded it, and played it. Uh, Roger has played it, so I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on it. Marty, you purchased it. I purchased it last night uh, while I was playing D&D and then got home and tried to win Stellaris and uh, uh, we know how that goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Joe, uh, I know well. you said you haven't played it or is that like on your to-do list or it's on my to-do list. It's just a matter of see, unfortunately folks, sometimes when you get older, you have this thing called responsibility and work and it sort of takes over and doesn't leave time for gaming. Being an adult, it means you can have beer for breakfast. It also means that you have to find a way to pay the bills. Sometimes it means you can't play video games as a result. It sucks. Fair enough. I'm not going to second guess that. You do what you got to do, of course. (laughs) So uh, being as I'm the only one who has actually played this game, I think we will save the in-depth discussion (laughs) for down the road because I don't want to spoil it for poor Marty if he's planning on playing it this week. Right, Marty? 100%. Like, I'm, yeah, 100% going to play it. (laughs) I promise. However, I I will be more than happy to give some uh, general impressions of the game. Uh, Overall... I quite enjoyed it. I also can recognize that it's not going to be for everyone. Uh, On the technical side of things, the voice acting is amateurish, I'll say. Uh, It's not the best. If I'm not mistaken, I actually have to look it up because I don't have the information in front of me. I believe Big Bad Wolf is a French developer. So I would not be surprised if this game was actually made in French and then localized over to English. That would 
I, at least I hope so, because that would explain why the lip syncing is terrible because <laughs> it is. Uh, and I can't confirm they are French. Yes, yes. It is very distracting at some points. The lip syncing is quite off. Uh, and even then, like I noticed like there were some typos in the subtitles and it, it it's not the most expertly made game, but I can forgive that for a new developer with a small team, because it, for me, it's more about the content of said game. Uh, and yes, it is exceptionally over the top with some of its weird shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> to put this into perspective, it's like the craziest parts of Assassin's Creed, which for me, that's great. Give me, give me more weird holographic aliens with ancient artifacts. I, I love that shit. And <laughs> there's definitely elements of this here, but slightly more grounded in reality let's put it that way <laughs> but it, it is something that i've seen a few people have kind of a hard time with the dialogue is not uh subtle about a lot of the things it's just like that's the ark of the covenant the ark, the ark of the covenant's not in the game but i'm using that as an example so i don't ruin anything that actually is in the game <laughs> it's it, it it's not the best but i can kind of revel in that over-the-top cheesiness so, again, it doesn't bother me. It's more about the actual content of the game and the, the experience of playing it that I actually quite enjoyed. Uh, the character designs are taken to 11. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Not in a bad way for me. Like, they're, they're very cartoonish and almost like sort of like a dishonored sort of way. Uh, that definitely gets across more character visually than it does in their voices. So it, it, they make up for that shortcoming, at least there. The mansion is gorgeous, decked out with art top to bottom, like actual paintings, not, you know, not just random video game art. Like it's it's actual works that you would find in museums and, and places. And one thing I really enjoy is Louis, the uh, main character you play as. He is a very educated man. So like you go up to a painting and he'll tell you the name of the painting, who painted it, and actually like some really interesting background information about it as well. And that builds on uh, the narrative of the game that each room is decorated with a certain theme and going through and like seeing these things and giving these little extra little tidbits of background lore to this crazy ass mansion really enriches everything that's happening like when you go to napoleon's room it's got all these uh arts artworks from like famous battles and stuff and, and like i wouldn't have known i would have been like oh yeah it's a guy on a horse like I, what the fuck do i know but having him as uh my my uh my avatar in that world actually be able to explain to me like what this means and why it's important that it's in this guy's room was fabulous loved that the class system i <sighs> fucking awesome <laughs> like because you, when you have an option that you can't choose like you know it so i i was able to see like all of the the differing paths that a lot of the conversation can take that i didn't have access to but like i know it's there which is really cool and having to approach things from uh an angle that was more beneficial to me like i i picked the occultist class which is not purely like mystical stuff it's also a lot of science things like i was kind of approaching it like johnny depp from sleepy hollow oh that makes sense mm -hmm. where like there is a like you come across this little medicine chest at one point in the game and you unfurl this note. And I had enough points in the occultist skill to figure out that it's uh, instructions for an exorcism. 
And then I unfurl another note and I had enough points in the science skill to know like, oh, she's actually just epileptic, which, you know, going back to the late 18th century, people kind of saw that as the same thing. If you were epileptic or something similar, it was more uh, seen as a demonic possession to the vast majority of people. So really cool stuff there. Although I put a lot of points into skullduggery and manipulation. So I was pick, nice. picking locks like the poor servants in this manner are just like I just yell at them and they do whatever I want them to do. It, it's a little absurd in that I can just like yell at one of them. No, that's my book. Like, no, it's not. I got it from the Lord's library. Yeah, I gave it to him. That's my book. Give it to me. It's this is one of those points where the writing comes across a little weak. But at the same time, it was still fun for me because I get to yell at some servants like it's a Vince game check we got it <laughs> uh, yeah i'm actually really interested so we can sit down hopefully next week and actually chat amongst a lot of us about our different experiences through the game because i am very curious as to what different avenues are available like there's some straight up like do you go with this character or you don't do you go with that character so there's definitely divergent paths but also as well like how the experience varied within scenes that we all got because I'm assuming the end of the episode is roughly similar to everyone, but I can definitely see like there's at least three or four ways you can get to that end. And each of those paths would have a very different outcome of where the next episode begins from that ending point. So again, I really enjoyed it. It's not without its shortcomings, but as, as a nice little afternoon experience, it took me three hours to play through the first episode. It, it was a lot of fun for me. So it, it's the things I like in games. And no, I'm not just talking about being a terrible person, but narrative choices. And, and it had that deus ex, like Fallout, Elder Scrolls feel of you're leveling up a character to be smarter, not just more powerful that I, that I really liked. I'm looking forward to, to playing through and just kind of picking out those same places and kind of seeing if I can predict what you and Roger picked and Marty, I don't know quite as well yet as far as what choices he'll he'll make, but it should it should prove interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to play yet, and I just, I'm just going to have fun with it. Stay stay in character and enjoy this. Enjoy yeah, the show. It, it's not something you can take seriously. Like it, you can't like hardcore role play this stuff, but you can still like pick a path and stick with it. Or you know maybe something else will catch your fancy and you can diverge. Like. I would just encourage you to do whatever seems most interesting to you. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, next up, Joe, uh, there is some Warcraft stuff. I, I have no idea, but <laughs> it says here World of Warcraft Joe. So, Joe, what Warcraft stuff did we have? Uh, well, so we've gotten some more information on another couple allied races that have been confirmed as far as Battle for Azeroth goes. Uh, the Magar Orcs, which I'm totally pronouncing that wrong. Don't care. Uh, the Brown Orcs with tattoos from DeGrand back in the day. Uh, they are going to be an allied race uh, for the Horde, obviously, which is cool because for all of the years since Burning Crusade has existed and we found them in the Grand, sitting in the grassy hills, sitting around doing nothing, we've been wondering, what the fuck have you guys been doing? <laughs> well, now they're joining the fight after 
let me exaggeratedly look at my wrist here, 10 plus years. So that's actually kind of cool. And they, they have a whole bunch of, of tattoos and uh, customizations that are unique to them, which I think is really, really nice. Uh, we did get some more I, I, look. Actually, at, Joe, uh, quickly, as somebody who, again, hasn't played World of Warcraft in many years, I, I, all of the other uh, allied races, like they they actually exist on Azeroth, though, correct? Mo well, kinda. Okay. Uh, Lightforged do not. Lightforged are uh, from space. Basically, they're mm-hmm. the the army of light that were reborn by Zera, which is like giant light beacon Naru of stupidity. Um, so Green Lanterns, got it. Kinda. <laughs> All right. So that, that is- I, I was just curious as to how they're, they're going to fit, you know, fit in uh, a species from literally another planet into the battle for Azeroth. But if they're not the only one, that that that's yeah that's they're, they're a, definitely not, not the only outstanding one. thing then got it and like the void elves are also like while they were originally from a race born on azeroth they're high elves that have decided to go get consumed by the void instead of you know become blood elves or whatever things they it, it's it's weird but anyway so there's more stuff too with uh customization that we found with uh dark iron dwarves which is going to be another allied race uh which they are also getting some facial tattoos very dark ashen skin uh very very nice uh, sort of models in this, the way they look no no more details on what the story for those guys are going to be quite yet uh but we'll get to that soon i'm sure we're i mean we're still in alpha phase at this point uh another thing that another allied race that i thought was rather interesting is the cults here in humans which you would think oh they're just humans they're completely different models and their body types are not the typical slender, muscular human. They're chunky. They're different body types. They have a wide range of uh, hair customizations and things like that that make them look completely different. Uh, they actually look pretty closer to Gilneans than they do regular Azerothian humans, which is which is pretty cool. Um, not only that, but it was also announced that the humans from Kul'Tiris are going to be allowed to be druids, which is the first time in Warcraft history that humans have been allowed to be druids. Uh, we've sort of hinted at like wild mages and, and, and things like that, where they had sort of a nature affinity, but never full-blown druids. And it ties directly in with the Kul'Tiran story because there are witches of the a nature that you're fighting against. The nature is coming to life. Um, and this isn't much of a spoiler because it's the very first fucking thing you do uh, when you when you go to Kul'Tiris. So it's like, yeah, we, we hear some witches and are, are going to they're, they're doing some bad shit. Go go take care of it. You know, generic thing. But then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So I thought it was pretty cool that the the idea of Kul'Tiran humans becoming, you know, this sort of for the alliance. I, I think that they're the only other race that can be druids. So I think I think only night elves can be druids right now, right? Worgen can be oh, druids. Oh yeah, that's that's right, Worgen. Sorry. So they have two races that can be be druids, which is it's fine. It works out. It works out perfectly fine as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's I think it's nifty. Um, and that's about it. We did get some more mount information. Like there is the Brontosaurus, the giant fucking Brontosaurus is in fact going to be a mount. Yay! Take my fucking gold. <laughs> I want to ride on a dinosaur. Damn it. Uh, but yeah, it's some cool stuff. Uh, little bits are coming out 
more and more, we're starting to see more models being data mined that have far more customization than you would expect NPCs to have. Uh, Rogers, Rogers Foxes, for one, are, are sort of a key component of that. So they have all sorts of rigging, all sorts of hairstyles, all sorts of customizations. And I don't think it's just so that they could have more uh, NPCs strewn about the world. I think these are going to wind up becoming an allied race. And I think Roger will be very happy with that. That's about it. That's all I got so far. I mean, I I just like this is like the most in-depth additions I've seen to the game in a long time. Like they're not big things like there's no, you know, I'm sure there's there's new areas and whatnot. It's a it's a it's a an expansion, but they're making very small changes that are having very big impacts, which I actually really enjoy seeing. Well, it's it's hitting on an important thing that a lot of MMO players have flocked to in other games, too. And Final Fantasy 14 and Wildstar, when it was a thing, character customization and personalization is a really important thing, especially in Warcraft, a game that's been around for well over a decade at this point, almost two decades, actually, if you can count the RTS games. And people identify very specifically with certain races and certain classes. And so giving them more options to play a class or a race that they want to brings new life to that game. Not just, and it goes beyond just new areas too, because then you have scenarios to unlock these allied races. Um, and, and you, like you said, it's a, it's a small thing because ultimately what they're doing is they're taking uh, the skin, the, the sort of, you know, the, the aesthetic covering and putting it onto another rigging shell. And while that is, I'm not, I don't want to downplay it because that is a very difficult thing. Riggers do not get nearly enough credit for the, for how difficult You go put a gnome skin on a Torin frame and tell me how that works out for you without (laughs) much programming knowledge. Well, well, not only that, but like making sure it articulates correctly and working with the artist to like say, okay, this is really cool artwork. It ain't going to work. And here's why, like you can tell the difference between a, 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 good animation rigor and a bad one. So the fact that they're, they're taking these new skins and applying them, like the Vulpix look like they're being attached to either the gnome or the goblin uh, skeleton and the Megara orcs are obviously orcs and the humans are being attached to humans. It's the, it's not as much work as creating the skeleton from the ground up, but it's still, you know, it's a, a decent amount of work, but it's giving players something that they've been asking for and begging for for decades let me play as a dark iron let me play as you know for me it was high mountain torn fuck i'm happy like bringing these new races in and bringing these new stories and just it breathes new life into a game that again this world's been around for over two decades it's kind of important to do stuff like that and it looks like they might have something in place where formula where now they can start pumping these out a little bit more frequently and they already have the UI in place so that when you're on the character select screen, how to flip that all over like that's already that's already good. That's already smooth. They already have given you four extra character slots just for having battle for Azeroth. There's nothing that says they won't give you more. So like it's it, it's a nice little quality of life is really the way that I would mm-hmm. put it. And, and there's only so far you can go with, oh, look, 
a new previously undiscovered race of humanoids. Like we we've explored pretty much everything Azeroth has to offer at this point. So the only way you're going to be able to add in a lot of those things is by working with what you've already got. Like Final Fantasy 14, it's real easy to add in new playable races because thus far as players, we've explored very little of the world. So I, a new expansion, mm-hmm. new area, it's very easy to add in a new playable race as well. But you don't have that luxury with World of Warcraft unless you have a spaceship crash. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play a Tuscar. Like, I would, you know, just jump right back in the game to play a Tuscar hunter. So th- it's, it's the interesting thing about that is I just had a discussion about Tuscar because you realize that they are in Legion, right? Where are they in? They're on the coast. Yeah, in Legion. Yeah. They're, they're in Helheim. They're in Helios realm. Oh. There, there are ghosts. There are right. ghost Tuscar all over that fucking place. That's right. And it just seems such a random oh, thing. Man. Here you have all these Rykrul, like all these unworthy souls. And you have a bunch of Tuscar just sitting around like, man, I was fishing. And now I'm here. What the fuck just happened? And it's like, why would they do that? And I, part of me is like, I wonder if that's a hint that, you know, because players have been asking to play Tuscars forever, that maybe Tuscar will be an allied race. Who knows? That'd be but, so great. And and also one of one last thing and then I'm, I'm done is this. I think it's also easier for them to add races at this point than it is trying to come up with a whole other class, which, you know, for new, other MMOs, that might be a little bit easier. But we have so many classes now in the game that mm-hmm. we don't need more classes. We don't need more in every class has three average of three specs, right? Like that's it. so then you take those classes and that's. I think it's what 12 classes so 36 unique play styles throughout all of them. Like that's that's a lot. You don't need to add more. Just give give me more things that can be shaman. Thumbs up. <laughs> you get a shaman. You get a shaman. Oh, which speaking of which totally total not gaming related but it is shaman related. I think it's absolutely hysterical. Like apparently Seattle has successfully bid for a NHL team and they're going to be called the Totems. I am so <laughs> buying a fucking jersey. All right, we're good. <laughs> That's okay. Can you get one of those custom ones and just put like tremor on the back? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! For anybody who knows me, I'm gonna have Sand one Tree. That's what I couldn't on remember which one it was that you've been <laughs> nice. talking about for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, only eight. They took it away eight years ago. Feels like 15, Joe. Good. I'm doing my job right then. Now, what hasn't been 15 years, you've been playing some uh, Monster Hunter again Uh, still, right? Not as much now that I've actually finished the game. Let me rephrase that. I finished all of the original content in the game. There's still plenty to play as far as collecting armor sets and building new weapons, but I've now done everything. So I'm taking a little time away from Monster Hunter to remember that other games exist. Sure. Makes sense. But yeah, we have a a big update, which means I'm going to be playing Monster Hunter again in the very near future. Uh, As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, Monster Hunter has said that while they're charging for emotes and, you know, cute little sticker packages and all that actual content for the game is going to be free. And their first big content patch is hitting later this week, uh, March 22nd, with the introduction of Devil Joe. Devil Joe is gigantic, pissed off T-Rex, essentially Uh, more pissed off than the already existing pissed off T-Rex that's in Monster Hunter World. Uh, He was uh, one of the big creatures from Monster Hunter 3. 
and he's uh, referred to as uh, I think they're called they call typically refer to them as a disruptive species. Uh, in other words, he does not have a home biosphere. He just shows up wherever the fuck he wants, whenever the fuck he wants. This is, uh, again, Monster Hunter World being my first game in the series. This is apparently a common theme in the games. Each game has a disruptive monster. In Monster Hunter World, it's the bezel juice, uh, referred to as the B-52, because you don't notice he's there until he's dropping exploding scales on the battlefield while you're trying to fight something else. <laughs> so now adding a second disruptive monster, I don't know if Devil Joe is going to be quite filling that role in this game, or if they're going to meld him a little more seam seamlessly into the actual uh, existing realms. We don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. But a lot of people are really excited because of course, new monster means new weapons, new armor sets. And I want to know how good his boots look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, additionally in the update uh starting on uh, april 5th and running for a couple weeks is the spring blossom fest they're actually doing like an easter event in the game where they're redecorating the uh the gathering hub which is like the communal area in the in the town where party members can meet up uh, they've got a, a, a giant flower poogie poogie being the pig mascot for the game uh, lots of flowers lots of fun stuff they're actually adding uh, a new special dish to the canteen which is actually more important than it sounds because different dishes can give you different stat boosts before you go into battle so interesting to see what they do there as well as of course new spring outfits that they show off the palico is wearing this adorable little ladybug top hat thing so i'm very interested with that also we finally uh way back when the game was first showed off they showed off a palico skin that people have been wondering where it is oh here it is coming on a special event uh running from april 13th to april 27th you can obtain the mega man skin for your palico uh, it's just maybe like a small little quest you run a couple times to get the materials you need to craft it and it turns your palico which is, you know, the cat's little NPC helper that you have into an 8-bit Mega Man, and it's fucking adorable. See, I don't know about that, but I've been eyeing that other one that I saw that video for yes. where it's Devil May Cry. You, you, you posted that, so now go with that, that. That has my fucking <laughs> attention. So Capcom, I don't know when they got their heads somewhat out of their ass. Not all the way. They're like, they're, like, like they're peeking out well, of their butt. I, I think it point. might be somewhere around the point that this became the best selling game in the history of the company. Probably. So they're starting to do the, the sort of the cross promotion thing. So, the, yes, you have your Palico that could be 8 bit Mega Man, but now you also have armor and weapons where your character basically gets transformed into Dante from Devil May Cry, not the reboot Dante, the original classic Capcom Dante. And it looks fucking amazing. Like this, I really wish this game was available on PC right this fucking second because I would buy it without batting a fucking eye because that's the kind of thing that I love. Like, may, let me do goofy, weird shit. Let me Hadouken things to death. Uh, you better believe I'm buying that dual pistol emote because I guarantee that's an emote you can buy in the game to draw out those oh, pistols. Yeah. What, what I love, though, <laughs> is this wasn't a Monster Hunter trailer showing off Dante. They made a Devil May Cry trailer in monster hunter like this was 100 mm -hmm. devil may cry style humor like having like subtitles for the beasts roaring at you being translated as them talking to dante just like in the original games this was fantastic and looking at how yep. they approached it again they did not half-ass this 
uh, with the Street Fighter crossover they did with uh, adding in the Ryu armor set that turns your character in Ryu. Uh, they also uh, said sure. a Sakura one is coming for the female players, although I think the female players can wear the Ryu set. I don't know because uh, I'm not one of them. <laughs> it's it's essentially just Ryu in the game, you know, doing normal stuff like they show in the trailer. He's got, you know, the giant guns and stuff like it, it's just Ryu in Monster Hunter. But they went even farther with that with Dante of actually giving him a proper weapon. Uh, mechanically, mm-hmm. mechanically, sure. it's well, a charge blade, which in the game is a sword and shield set. Sure. Where once you you know charge it up, you can stick the shield onto the end of the sword and turn it into a giant battle axe. So it has two modes: it has sword and shield mode, and then giant battle axe mode. Well, what they did here is. The graphic is, you know, a typical long sword, like a type of weapon you would see Dante using. And they just kind of got rid of the shield and gave him like this little glowy thing on his arm as, you know, a mystical protection. And when you go into the transformation mode, which again, mechanically is the axe mode, it's the fucking devil trigger sword from Devil May Cry. It works so perfectly, so brilliantly. They 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 didn't again. They didn't just go. Uh, let's do a crossover. Devil May Cry. Like they thought about it and actually made it work within the mechanics of the game, which is astonishing from Capcom because this is not the type of shit we normally expect from Capcom. Well, the, you know the interesting thing is this got me thinking not just of, of Monster Hunter, but it got me thinking of Capcom in general, right? So just to go off on a wild tangent here, fucking deal with the folks. Uh, so you have a brand new Mega Man that was announced not too long ago, which not like a Mega Man X. We're talking like a classic 8-bit side-scrolling Mega yeah, Man. Actual Mega Man 10, right? Yep, it's actually Mega Man. Well, yeah, it's actually Mega Man 10. So legit, fully like what people have been asking for forever. That's number one. Number two, we have this dedicated trailer that goes way above what they would normally have to do to sell this. And like you wouldn't really put that much effort into it just to sell a DLC. But again, they're not selling not this. when it's a couple the of Dante bucks. stuff you get in. The only thing they're but selling you, but, is going to be the $2 emote. <laughs> sure. But what I'm saying, and when I say sell, uh, I mean, yeah. getting people to like pick it up or care about it. Right. Okay. So some other things have been kind of happening in the game world that we've talked about elsewhere. And it's a game I know Roger hates, but is in the same vein of Devil May Cry that has generated a whole bunch of buzz since its re-release on the Switch mm-hmm. is Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 3 is coming out this year. I would not be surprised if Capcom might announce another Devil May Cry, not in the rebooted universe, but in the original universe, which people have been begging for for fucking years at this point. Well, they've got the HD remake of the first three coming out pretty soon i don't know exactly when but it's soon so it, it feels like they're priming the market for another mm-hmm. one definitely which which would make sense and you know what that's fine take my fucking money just make it not suck i actually liked dmc i like the reboot well, i didn't like the one with nero <laughs> like I, pe- people yeah. people give dmc Somebody a lot of shit because shit. it was different as we know around here we like different. it was a good game we don't like doing the same thing over and over again yes that dante was fucking annoying as a character but the game itself was solid it had a great style i really enjoyed that game yeah absolutely same here i absolutely adored that game as well i played it a lot more than i thought i would and i enjoyed the dlcs for it too and playing through as virgil in that game was fucking great so 
and I think that I think that's it. I think Capcom might be realizing that, holy shit, we fucked up all these years. There's money on the table. What the hell were we thinking? And I think this trailer might hint that we might be getting more from them in that franchise, which makes me hopeful for some of the other franchises that they've sort of dropped the ball on. Who knows? Totally tinfoil hat there, but I'm I'm well, hoping. now they've got money Absolutely to actually hoping. do these things. <laughs> well, now they've got more they of had it, money before. Listen, listen, they could have just said, hi, we want to make a new Mega Man game. Could you guys all want to give us like 10 bucks to get this thing started? And they would have just had enough money to make like 20 games. <laughs> like it's what happened. All right, Marty, tell us about Universe Sim. OK, it's a completely different kind of game than anything we've talked about so far. Uh, did you guys ever play Populous either on the Amiga or on the Genesis? Never played it, but I'm aware of it. Way long ago. Way long ago on the Amiga. Yeah, that was way, way, way long ago. But Universe Sim is a game in the same vein, is is in the same vein as Populous or as Black and White. It's a god sim where you are a planet or a god. Like the intro trailer was a little bit confusing and the marketing material doesn't really clarify. But basically... You are building everything from your civilization to you explore and colonize other planets. Uh, But, you know, there are other planets or other gods that are also trying to colonize the galaxy from their people that are banging rocks together to make fire all the way to, you know, nuclear fission powered, you know, space planes. Uh, It is a Unity 3D engine game, which... uh, I looked it up because I didn't know how many Unity 3D engine games I've ever played. There's a handful of them. Uh, their biggest crowning achievement is a procedurally generated uh, engine that they're calling the Prometheus engine. It's got about 40,000 uh, backers on Kickstarter, and it really looks like a cross between Populous, Civ, and Stellaris uh, in the sense that like you will be colonizing other planets as long as your civilization can make it that far. Um and the ending trailer is interesting because it's, you know, you're talking, it's supposed to be Mother Earth and she's nurturing the civilization that then takes advantage of her. And the trailer basically ends with being blown up by aliens and an alien armada and a giant mechanical eight legged robot that kind of looks like a, a fallen walker from Destiny 2. Uh, it's the graphic style is fairly cutesy. Uh, it's not very stylized. Uh, with how do I describe it? So like in the new Voltron, like the planets don't look like planets. Like mm-hmm. the features are exaggerated. Like the mountains go out everywhere. It's the same thing. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be a fun game. Uh, in addition to all those bells and whistles, the developers are saying it's going to be one game, no DLC, no microtransactions. What you see is what you're going to get. Um, and there you go. It looks kind of fun. Yeah, I've never like as much as I enjoy uh, simulation games like you know Civ and Stellaris style. I've never really been too into the God games for some reason. I, I can't you know quite put my finger on. Maybe it's I and I enjoy some of the more micro aspects of you know okay, what unit am I going to build now? As far as opposed to like the macro stuff of uh you know climate control and those sort of things, <laughs> but. I, I, I I like the style that it has though. Right. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like I'm I'm looking here and it's like, yeah, that that's not a physically possible thing, but 
for a game and something entertaining, who, who gives a crap? It looks cool. It looks fun. Like you don't want to actually micromanage an entire planet. That's fucking awful. So here's a little asteroid that you can just build to pretend as a planet. That's fine. Yeah, that's one of the things that I did like about it, like this level of style to it. And they're talking about how, like, you know, if your early civilization is in danger of burning down because you have um, your people, because your, your people are dumb uh, or your people are all Martys, <laughs> what they're going to do is you could just move a cloud over to rain down so they don't burn themselves to death. Um, yeah, but there's like two powers. Like if they don't praise you enough, you get wrath. And if they praise you a lot, you get, I don't know good god power and you can so it's black and white yeah exactly like black and white without <laughs> don't invoke them all in you um yeah okay <laughs> the well, one time he was the one time he delivered yeah well the the i mean molyneux was attached also to populace and so i think it's very much in the same style and what's interesting is it's through its kickstarter campaign it's already built a pretty fanatical backing which is also pretty cool like kickstarter to build your community and to support mm -hmm. your product Certainly. that's i can appreciate that but yeah it, we'll see where it's coming out there's no firm dates yet uh yeah. it's which it's done when it's done i'm okay with games like that but it looks like it's something they'll give a shot yeah it, what's the rush right there's enough to play. I don't need this right now. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, any anybody out there that's making games that listens to this podcast, I know there's at least one of you. Take your fucking time and just do it. Release it when it's done, please. Although the 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 uh, the secondary argument to that yeah. is, don't tell us about the game if it's nowhere near being conceivably done. <laughs> yeah, and if you got to keep changing engines uh, over and over again so you get the latest and greatest bells and whistles, yeah, just stop. Just stop. Oh, it's that whole Eastern versus Western game development again. So, yeah, but we're not going to get into that. Well, it, no. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean, Joe? We get into that every week. I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> it has been zero episodes since. Now, that's not the old, I was going to say, that's uh, not the only thing you were uh, you're excited about, though, right, Marty? You, well, I also was given the assignment of looking into uh, a variety of Stephen Hawking memorials in MMOs. And the only positive EVE Online story I have ever seen since I've been following EVE Online, uh, they had some gorgeous screenshots up on Reddit and on a variety of game magazines uh, that were tributes to uh, the late great physicist Stephen Hawking. Um, I highly recommend A Brief History of Time. I read it like 20 years ago. It's still pretty good. Um, they did, they did one, uh, elite dangerous has done one, uh, Stellaris released a patch wherein Hawking is a system that you can colonize, or I think it's always a black hole system, which is cool. Uh, mm -hmm. and then I continue to do my research. I went to my favorite and my old MMO world of Warcraft to see like, what are they going to do? Because, you know, they've done some cool pop culture references before everything from like throwing in Zer in this, you know, in a Legion. And uh, I got sucked into the black hole. That is the wow comment community on their, one of their forums. And man, they were not happy about any idea of doing anything to be nice about Stephen Hawking. Well, I shouldn't, the most vicious comments and the, the most frequent comments were like, no, he didn't do anything with wow. We shouldn't honor him. Um, a couple of people weirdly talking about Stephen Hawking's politics. 
because uh, he was a big labor backer and endorsed Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, so that's kind of odd. But uh, there have been the space MMOs have been uh, doing a lot of good work and praising the late, great Stephen Hawking in their MMOs uh, with Eve Online doing the one super positive thing uh, where they lit up a whole bunch of ozone just for Stephen. That was I'll see if I can find the last uh, screenshot that CCP put up. Yeah. And I will, I will say this, like, regardless of what you thought of the person, like of him as a person, like his personal life or his politics, the man was a scientist. And at least, I, you know, it's nice to see the appreciation for that science. He, he is the reason we know as much as we do about stellar bodies, really like read, read a history of everything. Like it's just, it's interesting to me to that. Like, we wouldn't know about black holes, theoretical white holes. We wouldn't know about any of those things if it wasn't for the mind of this man who was told uh, way back in the 70s that he was going to be dead in two years. And then, well, he showed all them. <laughs> but yeah, like it. Some people have had not had any nice things to say about him, but I'm I'm actually happy to see like Eve specifically uh, sort of light that up. And I'm surprised that others didn't follow suit like perfect like elite dangerous i'm surprised didn't do something or you know i don't know there was some stuff in elite dangerous but i couldn't find any like really solid screenshot proof like the ccp ccp was very much pushing out what their player base did for stephen hawking and i should also point out that the star trek online community has been pushing cryptic to do something to honor stephen hawking considering that stephen hawking has been on star trek um so Mm -hmm. But what was cool when I was researching this one, uh, how many stories about how Stephen Hawking would fuck with people when uh, they were when he was being interviewed. Uh, My favorite piece was uh, he was in a BBC studio being interviewed about something and the producer uh, flicked a switch. And so Stephen Hawking, like uh, he just slumped over in his chair when the light went out and they all freaked out and they went to go get somebody. <laughs> and so when they came back running in, he was in this chair, just laughing hysterically <laughs> as if somebody flipped the switch and they turned him off. Uh, it was super funny. There's also uh, some sort of Paul Rudd quantum chess video out there, but not related to any games. So I'll just let people find the, the quantum chess game out there. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up everything we had in our show notes for this week, but Roger's not here. Joe, you know what that means, right? No. We get to talk about fighting games. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to talk about Soul Calibur? Like, I would like to talk. I like, I, I used to play a lot of Soul Calibur. So we did get to talk about I'm that before. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, so I will very gladly talk about what we know about Soul Calibur so far, which is admittedly not a whole hell of a lot, but there are two very key important things that I took out of it. One, there's a brand new playable character, which I would fucking hope so. This is Soul Calibur 6, goddammit, and there better be more than one playable character. Um, And one of those playable characters better not be Lizard Man, the worst character ever in a fighting game ever. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Well, he, you know he's going to be in there because he's, in, at least in the modern games, he's always been an alternate skin for Sophidia. 
And Safidi is in the game, so you're going to have fucking yeah, or, lizard man. Or, or, or I'm going to throw this out there. They could go with Atheon, who was also a lizard man, but fucking better in every conceivable way. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where I nobody really has confirmation on this, but the general consensus, both coming from Namco and people adjacent to the industry, is that Soul Calibur 6 is in a way, a reboot of the first Soul Calibur. So that's a thing you could yeah. do in Soul Calibur with because of the weird dimension hopping shit. So sure. like that's but you know we have Zasalamel in there who wasn't until Soul Calibur 3, I believe, but he still Correct. existed in the world. He just wasn't in that game. And you can still add in new characters as well. But that, that's why Nightmare has the Soul Edge again. Yep. which he didn't because last time we away. checked. But yeah. uh, if they're going to do a reboot slash retcon of Soul, the original Soul Calibur, you can do that because that's the game everybody loves. And, and I lie, there's three important takeaways from what I've seen so far. The second thing is that you can actually alter the the fighters that are, are you know, engaged in the combat, um, but not like just pick a different costume color. You can actually knock them out of articles of clothing. So you can actually hit your opponent so hard that you literally knock their shoes off. Um, <laughs> shirts get ripped off. Like it's like literally just you dismantle the clothing of your opponent randomly. I don't know if that was just for the bill that they were showing or if that's going to be left in the game, but it was just really, really random. And it's men and women, not just women like you would expect in like a typical, like, you know, that are alive type game. So, so here's the question though. How do you knock off Ivy's clothes? Cause she ain't wearing much to begin with. I, you know what? She might just lose her heels. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I mean, it, it's such a double-edged sword because yeah. So we also haven't Soul seen Cal her costume in this one. Yes, we have. They released a trailer for her a couple weeks ago. Did they? Oh yes. Did they show gameplay of her? Though? Oh yes. <laughs> just me. I've seen it. <laughs> Certain okay. things you can't forget. <laughs> But it's, yeah, Soul Calibur has had this uh, relationship with its female characters as the series has progressed, where they've leaned into the skid uh, when it comes to what their air quotes fans want to see from the characters. And definitely uh, they've gone the dead or alive route. Let's just put it that way. So I, sure, this isn't surprising, but. Personally, I don't know if it's terribly welcome because we know what it's going to do, but uh, I don't know. It, it I, I, I have because complicated seen, feelings here. I, but I've seen some of the ones where like the. Oh, yeah. Mitsurugi the, gets the, fucked up, too. And, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, um, it, that it's it's yes, they're definitely playing both sides, but they're playing one side in a different way than they are the other, I feel. I I feel like from what I've seen that the women are getting far less clothing knocked off than the men, which is okay. <laughs> they had less to begin with, Joe. That's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. But that point notwithstanding, yes. The, 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 that's I'm just saying throwing that out there. The other thing is the, uh, the super move system, mm -hmm. which seems to lend itself to not just you charge yourself up and then you go into like a super move combo and just completely destroy your opponent. But there is tactical gameplay on using yours where you get these amazing cinema like cinema. I can't even talk the cinematic combat scenes with the flurry of blows, blocks, parries, riposte, phantom steeds, <laughs> phantom <laughs> like just random and a random shit. But like you get these 
kung fu movie-esque exchanges between the characters, which I thought was really, really cool. Like if you time your rebuttal just right, you're you just take your hands off the controller for a couple seconds, just watch the things just go crazy. It's it's pretty fucking cool. Marty, do you have anything to add? I know you were excited. I was excited, but like, oh my god, I didn't know like I didn't know it was so caliber six. I what the hell happened? Like I, I remember what, splitting what was the last so time much you, money. Which was, the last time, which was the last one you played? I think it was Soul Caliber three. Then you haven't missed anything. Okay, good. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, like I was a Mitsurugi main, and like I remember, I don't remember what system, but we were doing our best, like taking turns, drinking beer. I believe, I believe this is also like on the PS two. Uh, had to have been because my brother had a PS2 and he brought home a new roommate, uh, which was Kegbert, who was full of rolling rock. And we were trying to unlock every single aspect of Soul Calibur that we could. Which in Soul Calibur um, 3 was some damn work, the way they did their story yeah. mode. Not a bad thing, <laughs> but you had to put in some hours. <laughs> we put in some hours. Uh, I remember distinctly. And then, you know, then had to be an adult and we, you know, work later hours and stuff but uh, i still also remember like early college just going to some sort of an arcade or ending up somewhere with high school friends and just putting in way too much money into soul <laughs> caliber like soul caliber won the mm-hmm. the uh the arcade version oh my god yeah it was my favorite fighting game of all time and now well shit now i can just go buy one um i don't I'm an adult. I buy what I want. Yeah. Fuck you, kids. Yeah. (laughs) With your summer vacations and your internships. But all that said, have you guys seen the latest character they announced? No. Well, remember when I was talking about how dimension hopping and time travel are very much a thing in the Soul Calibur universe? Oh, yeah. No, I I, I went crazy when I saw this. I know you did. I'm just. Oh, yeah. I did see this. Yes. I just forgot. Uh, they announced their uh, first guest character for the game will be none other than Geralt of Rivia himself, the motherfucking Witcher, <laughs> which is if I wasn't already going to buy this fucking game. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a more perfect character to put into this game, though. He, he fits perfectly yeah. with all the supernatural elements, the weapon fighting. Like, remember when they put Hihachi in? Like, how you can have Hihachi in a yep. weapon fighting game? He's a kung fu master. So they just gave him stupid looking gloves. You don't need to do that here. And not only that, but like you get uh you get to like the the battleground that oh, they yes. showcase. It's the fucking it's the Witcher Fortress. And it's even got the music like, rights like uh, yep. he is, it's not just, you know, they just put him in there and have him doing sword attacks like they gave him his uh, his sign magic. Like I saw him. Uh, don't ask me to tell you what the actual name of the sign is. The fire. One. He, I saw the fire one. I saw the mind control one. I saw the uh, what is it? The the like the force wave one like they, he is going to be a cool ass character to play. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to play anybody with him. Probably <laughs> that's going to be fun. So definitely a lot to look out to look out on that front. All right. And uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Sorry, Roger, for talking about fighting games, but you know what happens when you leave the boys alone. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not I'm sorry. fucking happy. I'm super happy. We talked about fighting games. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening you can find more of our podcasts at forthelore.com including our role-playing episodes i god that last D game we played was so much fun 
Oh, it was so good. <laughs> or you can follow us for updates on Twitter at For the Lore. Or individually, you can follow myself at Samodian. Marty is Officer Gleason. Joe is Loader ZJ. And Roger is Zen Buddhist. So uh, again, uh, send him your congratulations for his son's birthday. I'm sure that will be appreciated. And we'll see you guys next week where we're going to actually talk about the council, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.